With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, this is John Cena Sr., and you're listening to Twat Magic on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Bitch, pound it and drown the kiss. With the wrist lit, listen to the sound of piss. The piss listener. I'm quick to stick fists in her. I build bricks and sticks to kill Nicola. Still ripping your knickers, the real blister. We're giving your meal tickets to visit the still dick in ya. And I'm a dickhead certified. Dirty dice turning life into pimp sex world at night. Your pussy looking like a bacon and cheese wrap. I'm making a bean clap, naked to please that. Terminator penetrate until your knees snap. Feed that a meat stack of beef, kill the peen back. Is that too much? Return of the twat, 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 return of the twat. Welcome to the Gold Wolf Mark. I'm your host, Troy. Joining me as always, Lisa's here. Hello, how are we doing? Great, Troy. How are you? Oh, as as the white man is known to say, I am living the dream. We had a heat wave here today. It was like, I don't know, thirty-seven. Oh, so did we. We got up to like forty. It was amazing. No, I think it was. I think it was closer to 40, 50 today. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any of it because you know I was at work. Yeah. I heard it was real nice though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I saw a bunch of a uh, bunch of snow melting. That was what I saw today from inside now it's all my frozen. office. Yeah, pretty much. Careful that black ice tomorrow, pal. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, anything wh- new going on in the world of Troy? Um, <laughs> a bunch of white people problems. That's about it. Um, <laughs> I told the story off the air, and I don't know if Jason regaled you with it or not uh but i had a little DoorDash issue on monday um, no i did not hear any DoorDash issue so <laughs> again like i said complete white person problem like there are so many so many worse things in the world going on right now than than my DoorDash order getting messed up but here here's what happened right so um got our tax return taken care of got it back already so very happy about that considering the trouble i had last year with it congratulations thank you um so i'm like i was like you know what fuck it it's monday i i i got i got the tax return it's been such a long time since i've had like any kind of kind of junk food or anything like that and i'm like let me let me get some taco bell all right so i go on there and i order it and specifically so i'm at work mind you on monday and the way our building is is that it, there's there's a single road that heads that that ha, that has two different facilities. There's on the right hand side, there's a trucking company. On the left hand side is my work. Right, mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's on this road. And there's a little off road that goes behind our facility for like our shipping and receiving area. The front. So if you're driving down the road, the front of the the first thing you experience in the front of the building are two maintenance doors. 
and then a big overhead door that we we use because we take care of trucks on the inside of our facility, right? Because we have giant cranes in there that we can push up shit on the fucking semis. So, big overhead door, and then you have the front lobby door, right? Mm-hmm. Big sign above it that says number it says number one, you know, and it's got our, our address on it and everything like that. All the cars are lined up there too, right? So of course I put on my order, um, leave food in lobby door number one, right? So I'm sitting there, and mind you, again we've we've discussed it that like my office, I can look out my office door and see out the front door. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of keep peeking, you know, just just waiting for my food because I'm hungry, you know. I I I had gotten my normal order, but also I wanted to try the the fucking nacho fries that they have because I never had them before. So I was like, I was like, yeah, fuck it, man, I'll, I'll I'll try that shit. So I'm sitting there and on the computer because I'm tracking the order. It says delivered, and I'm like, where? Okay, like, did I miss him? Like. <laughs> I didn't think I was doing anything. And I look at my phone, and there's no, like, text message from the driver or anything like that. Or or nothing. So I, I walk out, and I look in the lobby area, and there's nothing there. And I'm like, okay. And I step outside, and I look around, and I was like, nope, there's nothing outside. Mind you, it's this, this was Monday, so we're looking at 20 degrees outside. Mm-hmm. So I go back outside to the computer, and I'm like, I was like... Did they, like, say that they delivered it, and they're, like, on their way in a second? I'm like, what the hell is going on? Because I've, I've had some weird things before with DoorDash drivers, because obviously it's, you know, it's it's normally uh, just some one of their drivers will sometimes have different stops and shit like that, and sometimes they'll, like, hit deliver as they're driving down the road or whatever. That, whatever. So I kind of, like, give it a second. I go back outside again. I look around, and I, like, texted the driver. Nothing. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is going on? So I I messaged DoorDash, and I'm like, where's my food? <laughs> and the guy's like, okay, well, he's like, I can see that it was supposed to be delivered and everything like that. He's like, sorry about that. Um, we can't, like, send somebody out to try to find your food. What we can do is we can refund you, or in, in the form of credit for DoorDash, which I'm like... I mean, yeah, I'll use it again, but I'm not happy about it because I'm fucking hungry and now I have to get in my vehicle and go and get food, which is like, I was busy at work. I didn't want to leave. I wanted to get my fucking food, scarf it down, and go back to work. So it's about 15 minutes after the thing said it delivered when I got everything all straightened out with them. Like, okay, like, here's my credit or like that. Like, uh, the credit's on my account. And I'm like, all right, you know, thanks. So I get in my car. I pull out. I started driving down the road to go get some food, and I just so happened to glance over at the big overhead door, and I see a Taco Bell bag in front of it. Stop. I stop, <laughs> throw it in reverse, get back in my parking spot, walk over there, and sure enough, they didn't go into the lobby. They put it in front of a roll-up shipping door <laughs> on the fucking 20-degree concrete ground. Oh my I god. I just left it there. I was like, I'm like, first of all, as an as a human being, you have to understand that that's not cool. Like <laughs> on like a fundamental level, does that seem like that's what I wanted you to do? Like Wow. It's like I'm going to open up an entire essentially a fucking garage door 
in order to get my food? Or maybe you should maybe look and make sure that there's a door. Mind you, this is door... The the, the garage door, roll-up door, is door four. <laughs> well, and why door would you one. want to leave your food outside in 20-degree weather? Yeah, out, not even not, not, not just outside, the outside on the ground. Like, they put my food on the ground. Now, mind you, it's in a bag, but still, it's on the fucking wet ground. Oh, my God. I was pissed, of course. Now, of course, I'm already already like, well, yeah, this meal is essentially free, but it's like, well, I can I can microwave a quesadilla and some tacos, and it'll be fine. But my fries are fucked now. You can't microwave French fries and expect them to still be good, you know? They, they, they just It's not a, a food that's reheatable, you know? They're fucking soggy as shit. I chuck that shit out. But I ate the rest of my food. Wasn't happy about it. <laughs> but I wound up using my credits to get some KFC the next day. Um, they had chicken, so there wasn't an issue with that. <laughs> but oh, we, let's not even talk yeah. about KFC. Yeah. I, yeah. But I, I was. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was shocked. I was like, you know, and me because because of Ginger and because of the fact that I did my research on things, I know that those drivers get fucked a lot. So I always give them like a three or four dollar tip, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just me, by the way, ordering like nobody else. So I'm like, I just, I'm like, fucking asshole, dude. Like you're, you're just gonna. Why would you do that? What, what in your head th- made you think that like that was cool to do? <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, would you want your food left like that? Right. Like, so. Put yourself in that situation. Yeah. No, I hear you. Yeah, so that was my frustration Monday. Like I said, I still ate it because it's been fucking Saka Bell. I'm going to eat it. But, <laughs> but yeah, I was, uh, and of course, I'm like, I got to fucking reheat this in the microwave now. And, it, you know, yeah. So, but that was that was kind of my, my whole thing. I, you know, I've had other fun things, but that was the one that kind of sticks with me right now. So, um, have you had anything going on over in your neck of the woods, though? Well, you've heard the story, you know, about the whole, the, the whole, we've managed to go a whole year with, you know, COVID other than, you know, me having my, my exposure and whatnot. Well, mm-hmm. My son, you know, went through baseball and played a whole season and nothing. And he, he was exposed over the weekend. So now him and Jason are quarantining up for at least 10 days. So far, so good. They're not uh-huh. symptomatic, knock on wood. That's good. So, luckily, I'm I have superpowers and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fully vaccinated. Go me. There you go. You know. There you go. Well, obviously, we uh, we hope you hope your family stays that way. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll we'll go from a horrible raging virus to two horrible raging viruses because the podcast that strong viking blood with tess holiday adore me is here to sell you some shit um again yes really big sponsor for them huh apparently yeah uh so the cunts called our kids identical twins they are not totally not nope and then they discuss that their kids are now sleeping through the night thanks to NyQuil. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, they apparently hired a sleep trainer because they just cannot do a goddamn thing themselves. Seriously. During a pandemic mm-hmm. in California. Yep. 
they flew a woman to Napa Valley yeah. to stay with them in their home yeah. for three days each to stay with them yeah. 24 hours a day yeah. to listen to their baby's cries yeah. and let them cry it out to stay in their cribs to sleep. Yeah. Why they went to a hotel. Yes. And didn't have to listen to it. Yes. That is all factual information you just said there. Hashtag and relatable. If, <laughs> and if you check Nikki's Instagram, there is a photo of this woman holding both of the children unmasked. And of course there is. I don't know if she's been vaccinated. She doesn't. I don't know what the I highly doubt it. vaccinations in other states um, and what the requirements are. I don't know if they had her quarantine before she came. You know, I don't. I'm not really sure what's happening. I know she didn't have the vaccine because she's probably against it, and I know she's against masking. So she must have quarantined. <laughs> Oh man! But she's um, supposed to be a genius, from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, she's an idiot. Why don't you uh, go ahead and tell people why she's an idiot, though? Well, it seems that this lady, um, she's a very positive influence on everybody. Very knowledgeable and smart and positive. But it seems that our friend um, doesn't think Dr. Fauci is very smart and. She thinks the COVID vaccine is a joke, and she thinks wearing a mask doesn't help the spread of COVID and uh, doesn't work anyways. So, mm-hmm. there you have it. Yeah. I'm just looking through. <laughs> so, so, Troy. Yes. As a person who works in the medical profession having been exposed to three people on the same day mm-hmm. I was wearing a mask uh-huh. and I did not get COVID oh, that's weird um, do you think that had anything to do with it? that that could have helped me not get COVID? I don't know that's a, that's a big leap in logic to make this woman looks like a cunt just gonna say, just yeah. wanted to say that. No, she really does. Ugh. Ugh. Like it just blows my mind that these women just—they want the easy way out. It's always the easy way out, and it's like there are there are millions of women that every year turn around and do this without having to hire someone to watch our kid for three days without having a nanny without having to have somebody this is the second person now Nikki has had come in to listen to her child and understand so that so that they can tell her what their child is doing there there's so many people out there that do this without any fucking help and then you still get people who are like tweeting them and and fucking voicemailing them questions about and getting parent advice and stuff like that and it's like yeah don't fucking ask these two parents advice they're not parents no 
No, why don't you ask their nanny, ask their sleep trainers, because they don't know jack shit about their children. Yeah. But hey, you know, um, it's it, it, it very ironic that a person who talks to babies and children uh, was able to to be understood by two idiots so well. It's true. Yeah. And I know <laughs> learning to sleep when I was six months old set me up for the rest of my life, too. It did. You know, I'm still trying to sleep train Jackson to sleep in his own room, so... <laughs> you always find him, like, curled up at the fucking bottom of your bed. <laughs> oh, no, he, he doesn't give a shit. He's just, like, right in the middle. Nice. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. God, I hate these cunts. Ugh. It's like she, like, wears Mateo as an accessory. I noticed that because she... It's, because it's cool to have kids. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you got, you got to remember, like, um, she she has now taken to calling him Mateo because she called him that on this episode. So she has already fucked that kid up. One, because his name is Mateo. Yeah. And he's got to explain, like, like no, no, I was... Let him learn his name first. Yeah. Before you start calling him nicknames. Just remember when when this guy is is in high school, and he's he's trying to finger bang chicks. Like they're gonna be like, so like, are you were you like born to like some exotic parents? And he's gonna be like, no, I get that a lot because you know the the name Mateo is so fucking stupid. Uh, no, I was born in Phoenix. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, dude, yeah, he's, he's, well, I mean, yeah, he is half Russian, what's your, but. What's your ethnic background? Um, Mexican, Italian, and Russian. It's quite the eclectic little mixture there. Yeah. <clears throat> I shouldn't, I shouldn't, uh, instantly think that he's going to be trying to, to finger blast women. I should say trying to finger blast anything that has a hole. Because, you know, he is the, the, the son of a whore, so. Well, you know, she did post a photo of him. I'm going to use air quotes here. Tap dancing. Oh, my God, yeah. Did, did you see that? Yeah, I did. Sitting I was just the down there. Sitting in the bouncy. But he was tap dancing. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Seriously. Fuck <laughs> you. I, uh, look. It wasn't that he couldn't jump. Yeah. It was because he was tap dancing. Look, I neither one of us listen to this podcast because we want to. We do it because we want to make fun of it. And we like to get irritated a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but I just I just imagine the people who are actually fans of these two are just sitting there and being and, and being like, I don't care about your fucking kids. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh my god. Um so they talk about M sculpt, an M sculpt, which oh is oh my god! Because they don't care about their bodies, they love themselves, and but they work out so hard. So if you if you haven't looked at this yet, M sculpt is a is a hundred dollar piece of equipment that you slap on your cunt, um, and it's it's one of those things where you just lay there and it does the work for you. It's yep. it's a, an incredible. Anytime I see these things where it's like, oh, you slap it on your abs and it like fucking vibrates or whatever, it's like it's like that's so fucking lazy. 
<laughs> like, well, did you hear Nikki? It does a hundred thousand. It's like doing a hundred thousand push-ups in thirty minutes. No, it's not. <laughs> Listen. I know what she what said. Nikki said. No. said it. It must be true. That's true. No. So, this is like I'm going to order one because if that does a hundred thousand push-ups in thirty minutes, imagine how many push-ups I can do in four hours. Yeah. Yeah, any anything to fucking cut corners. Let's hire people to to raise our kids. Let's fucking pay money to slap something on our fucking guts. And it's like, okay, while while there may be some tiny little benefit to it, which I I still question. Most of that shit is like used in conjunction with actual workouts, because that way they can hide the fact that it doesn't do shit. You know? Well, I love I love the fact that right before they mentioned using it, they were all about working hard and mm-hmm. and like when we were in high school and we played soccer, we had to work hard to do that and do, be our best and blah blah blah. And with wrestling and blah blah blah. And then they're like, but then we, you know, oh, we got to talk about our ab sculptor and blah blah. And then they start talking about that and how they just lay there and stick this thing on and it does the you know does the ab crunches for them. And I'm mm-hmm. like. Are you ridiculous right now? I'm like, are you listening to yourself? This this entire podcast, it was the two of them bitching and moaning about needing to lose weight, and then saying you need to be body positive, and hey, by the way, we're going to have um, an overweight woman on who is body positive, and and all she cares about is being happy and she doesn't care that she's unhealthy or anything like that but we need to lose all the weight we fucking can like mm-hmm. it was the biggest fucking shit show of an episode where it was like this this plus size mom they have on Tess Holiday if she would listen to the, fir- to the first part of this episode you would think that she'd be like the fuck dude <laughs> like really well it sounded like she was actually physically there because she said I talked to my dad on the way over here. Oh, okay. And he um, was jealous that I was coming to see you guys. So I wonder if they made her like a little basket with like wine and maybe put the sculptor in. <laughs> Probably. It's like a gift. I, I question if it would fit on her, but yeah. So they talk about Nikki getting Botox. Which again, super body positive. Oh, and Nikki then she Gip. was like, she was like, oh, Bree, you told everybody. It's like asshole, you did it on the show. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Again, like, it's it's just this this like fucking lies of like, oh, I never got anything done except for my titties. Oh yeah, but I also got Botox and and I also got a tummy tuck and and I'm gonna get this fucking laser that's gonna laser away. Uh, wrinkles in my face like this is why this is why like do not let your children listen to these two don't forget the neck exercises oh we're getting there i'm gonna start doing those oh we're getting there because because here we go so she talked to some random geezer uh who apparently had the neck of a 30 year old whatever that is and first of all because when you're older you get like like I only know this because of my gram, because she's not in her nineties. She's got like this neck that's almost like the turkey gobbler thing that hangs down that what kind of wiggles. 
Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's what she's kind of referring to. No, I know what she's talking yeah. about. The problem yeah. is that she said that, like, men don't get that. I have seen, like, our, our former president had a neck vagina, okay? Like, there are plenty of men who get fucking, like, like rooster combs for necks. Like, but again, it's anything to fucking bash men, apparently. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be at work tomorrow, and every patient that comes in, I'm going to look at their neck now. You know that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, so, so this this woman says, "Oh, well, what I do is I pretend to shave my neck because apparently that prevents wrinkles. Is yeah. like the moving it around. It's, it's like first yeah, of all, they say like do their jaw and their neck. First of all, I think this old cunt was just fucking with them. You think? Because no, because you're moving their jaw. So uh, that's not a thing. This is not a thing. How do you and, know? Because they, do your motions like you're shaving, and next time you shave, pay attention, and then you can do a class. There's no there. I will guarantee you, there is absolutely no correlation between the two. Because there are plenty, there are plenty of people out there who shaved every fucking day. Because of course, they you know grew up in a time where you had to be clean shaven all the time. Who have fucking necks that you could fist. All right, like it's not. There's no correlation whatsoever. This woman just has good genetics that kept her fucking neck tight, and or she was, or she's just like, you know what? I actually did. I didn't didn't pretend to shave. I just sucked a lot of dick and moved you know my neck in and out like that. You should see Jason's thighs from lifting his legs, shaving his balls. They're amazing, rock solid. Okay, that's. <sighs> <laughs> Just get just first of all, uh, Manscaped not a sponsor. Uh, if you if you want to sponsor them, I will cha- I will change my my routine. But me, I use uh, I use hair removing cream because it's it's so much less invasive than running fucking straight razor over your nutsack, which is all which is like more wrinkled than fucking Nikki Bella's neck's gonna be in thirty years. No, like, he has a, a trimmer that he uses. I think. Yeah, that's at least something better. But yeah, yeah. No, like, he doesn't use like a straight up razor. No, I I used to, and no, it's not. There's too, too many too many nicked balls in my time. So. Yeah. Nobody wants any nicked balls. No. Razor burn, ingrown hairs. Mm-hmm. Right. Bree says there should not be any beauty standards. Literally a minute after complaining about not being skinny enough. Seriously. Right? This episode was one big giant contradiction. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, Adore Me is back. And then G and C. And then we get a G and C sponsor. It's like, well, oh there we go. <laughs> now did you hear about did you listen this the, about the recycled panties in this ad? That was weird, okay? <laughs> They can't actually be like they took them off. Somebody turned them inside out and resold them, right? Like there's no. They, they said recycled fabric. Yeah, but it's the way that they made it sound though was that it was like turning your old panties and. <laughs> I was I was trying I was like what? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Oh jeez, I that's right. I fucking I hate this website. Oh, there's like some first nipples. I'm, first, I'm uh, thinking like they're made out of like plastic bags, and I'm like, oh no, wait a minute, but I remember right. fabric. <laughs> they did like a basket weave underwear, you know. Right. Um, 
Let's see. Do they have it on here? Oh, sorry. Bye, Smash. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, it's been a while since I've done one of those. Nice. Give me. Yeah. Yeah, see, I don't see a lot of, like, the recycled on here, but I'm sure it's on there. But, yeah, it was... Maybe, I, if, you go- maybe if you Google it, I'm you'll good. find... Just put a dormy recycled panties. <sighs> I'm not going... Look, I have enough terrible things in my search history. I don't need recycled panties in my in my search history. <sighs> I just I get... Know. I just get so fucking annoyed listening to these two cunts who body shame people and constantly talk about how they need to lose weight, pretend that they look up to this chick and her body positivity. And we'll get to body positivity in a moment here. But first, Tess Holiday is a plus-size model. She is actually the first plus-size model signed to a large modeling agency who is above a size 20. Because uh, she is a size 22, is what I saw in there. I don't know women's sizes because it's fucking, like, geometry to me. But apparently that's that's uh, an, an accomplishment. But when I was reading about this chick, because I do my research here, I know something on her Wikipedia, which caused me to dig a little deeper. Okay. <clears throat> In late 2014, Holiday began producing a series of t-shirts with the phrase F your beauty standards, with some of the proceeds being donated to an organization that helps survivors of domestic violence. In December, mind you that's probably a month or two later, approximately 140 orders failed to deliver to customers. Oh, stop it. Though about 3,000 orders were successful. So 3,000 people got their, their shirts, 140 of them did not. Okay. A post on Reddit accused her of withholding money promised to charity, as well as not delivering her products. The following year, in December 2015, Holiday told Refinery29 that the project was launched with pure intentions, and my mother and I were both victims of DV, she says, as domestic violence. The idea that I would willfully defraud the people who have supported me along the way and a charity that touches on my own family's struggles is so upsetting. Holiday admits that she did not know how to handle logistics of the project. Uh, She was unable to keep up with the orders and takes responsibility for some customers not receiving the merchandise they paid for. The system we were using just didn't work, she said, attributing missing merchandise to one big batch that was lost by the post office. And unusual business discrepancies. I don't know what that means, but okay. Are you paying attention? She she was unable to make the charity donation after paying thousands and thousands of dollars out of pocket to a shipping and distribution center to ensure issues with merchandise would be resolved. Would be resolved. She paid thousands and solid. It's it's 140 shirts. You couldn't make 140 more shirts and send them out again. Anyways, why wouldn't you just find somebody else to make the shirts? Right. So she paid and and send them out yourself just right. to do just to do good. Now here's the thing. She says she was unable to make the charity donation after paying thousands and thousands of dollars out of pocket to a shipping and distribution center to ensure issues of merchandise would be resolved, which ate up what little was left of the profits. 
Those are two different things there that you're yeah. saying. <laughs> wasn't the money supposed to go to the charity? Yes. And it wasn't for profit? Well, she said a portion of the proceeds would go to charity. She never so, stated how much. Okay. All right. So shouldn't a portion of that go to the charity? If you're paying out of pocket, then yes. You that, that sh- this should not this should not have affected the amount of money you were going to send to charity, right? If you paid no. out of pocket to to resolve the issues. No. Because one, it's it's the people who bought shirts. It's not their problem. They paid their money. They're promised the shirt for mm-hmm. the charity because they did it to help you out and help the charity. Right. And you promised the charity money mm, yes. to help their domestic violence survivors. Yes. Okay. So, so you need to fix your own problem. Okay. So now now you have the groundwork. Now you mm-hmm. now you understand the issue she went into. 140 people didn't get their T-shirts that they paid that, that they paid oh, for. But and 140 is not a lot. But 3,000 people got their shirts. Okay. Okay. So 140 is not a lot. Right. So here we go. She said, adding that she has given a substantial contribution to the National Coalition for Against Domestic Violence. In January 2016, the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence Development Manager Dina Coates Keebler confirmed a donation was made to our organization by, by well, her real name is Ms. Hoven. Okay. So we have a confirmation that there was a donation made. We have an have a, a dollar amount too, but I, I'm going to save it. Okay. So she sold a bunch of shirts, right? Three three thousand shirts actually, right? Mm-hmm. Each shirt, the people paid. Now this is this was me ballparking, of course. Let's say that each person paid twenty five dollars per shirt, right? Okay. So. 3,000 times 25 is $75,000, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Would you care to guess the donation that she made to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence? Which she says is a substantial contribution. Uh, um, I was going to say... About... $10,000. She paid $1,000. That was going to be my first guess, but I was trying to be nice. The donation in the amount of $1,000 was made to our organization by Miss Hoven. So where's the other $74,000? That's crazy. <laughs> Seriously? That's, by the way... Of, uh, again, this is I, I couldn't find how much the shirts actually were, but I cannot imagine that there are any less than $25. That's 1.3% of the total money that went to charity. Wow. Because, again, it was only 140 people that didn't get their shirts. You're going to tell me that you paid $74,000 for 140 shirts? Bullshit. That is crazy. Bullshit. No, no. <laughs> This will she be paid for those tattoos somehow? This woman is a fraud. She yeah. def, she defrauded of the fucking charity. One hundred and ten percent. If it wasn't for those those orders getting fucked up and people complaining, they would have never released the amount that she donated. Guarantee you. 
and she would have she would have got away and she would have got away with just fucking giving it if you're if you were only going to give a thousand dollars at the time then that you should have been a dollar because like first of all the whole idea of like only like only giving a portion of the profits is already a fucking suspect thing to do when you're dealing with charity like it should be all of it what's more 3,000 shirts. If you're purchasing 3,000 shirts, all with the same fucking slogan on different sizes and stuff like that, you're buying in bulk. Every single... Because remember, I have purchased shirts yeah. <laughs> with other logos and stuff like that. You can buy that shit in bulk for about 9 bucks a shirt. Mm-hmm. So that means that she's pocketing about 20 bucks a fucking t-shirt that she's, she's selling or stuff like that. And then just giving $1,000 to charity... What you should actually do is you should go 100% of what you spend is going to the charity. My charitable donation is purchasing the shirts so that you can can pay all this money to charity, you know? That's the way it's supposed to be, is we, we uh, I eat the cost of making the, the shirts so that the charity can get all of the fucking money, uh, money for it, you know? What she did instead was, I'm going to give $1,000 to him no matter what, and I'm just going to pocket the rest. And she pocketed $74,000, at, at the very least, I would say $74,000. Wow. You're, you're fucking insane if you think that, oh, a big batch of them were lost by the post office. First of all, bullshit. Second of all, the unusual business discrepancy. Like, what weird fucking language to be using on this shit? You know? It's, it's just wow, it what sh- shit. Exactly. What once then she's a- going on here saying my mother was a domestic violence survivor. My, yeah. I, I just wow. Yeah. Wow. I could not I and again, all that information I gave other than the the dollar amounts, which I figured out myself. Hundred percent wow. uh sent verified and on wikipedia and stuff like that and i looked at different articles and stuff like that too now obviously there are some articles that are uh like still twisted as to being like oh she did the right thing by by giving a thousand dollars to charity it's like well yeah i mean that's a thousand dollars more than they had than, than they had before but she clearly pocketed a shit ton of that money yeah wow yeah it's yeah that shit is and uh, look, a thousand dollars is is a thousand dollars, but a thousand dollars to a model is not a substantial donation. But what you know, she has hasn't she written a book? What yes. about proceeds from the book going to make up for it? Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. <sighs> I, I that is just wow, Troy. I wow. <laughs> What a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Wow. That is unbelievable. I, this is a quote from her. I don't run a sweatshop, therefore the cost is higher than someone else. I'm a small business doing it all myself and donating part of the profits. My price fits the product and quality. Interesting. Oh, there! Oh, dude! Again, like I said, you can look it up, and you can you can see there is a ton, a ton of all this fucking information. Yeah. Well, clearly they didn't do their research. 
Nope. On what a piece of shit she was. Oh, look. She's spending everyone's refund at Disneyland right now, not giving a fuck. Yeah, shortly after this whole fiasco, she went to Disneyland. Oh, she could afford it? Apparently. Yeah, there's just a bunch. Yeah, like I said, you can fall in a rabbit hole of just how big of a piece of shit this woman is. She apparently was blocking people online and removing comments and stuff like that of anyone who was saying that, like, hey, uh, I spent money on this and she and I haven't received my shirt and oh, or hey, my money isn't going to charity like it's supposed to be. Oh, oh, this is worse. Now I found it. Those shirts are forty dollars. <gasps> oh, that's oh, that's worse. I I I gave her the benefit that it was it was only twenty five. That's even more money. That's probably about a hundred thousand dollars that she fucking pocketed. Oh my god. Yeah, oh <laughs> yeah. She's a scam artist. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do your research, people. What a piece of shit. Yes, she is. <laughs> so, there you go. I don't, I don't even know what to say right now. Mind you, I, I read all of that before listening to the interview. And I'm glad it did, because it painted my fucking perception of, of who she was. I wish you would have told me this before I was like, no, don't talk mean about her. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not talking mean about her. I'm talking factual about her. There's a difference. Well, why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you tell me this stuff? I mean... Because I wanted to get your genuine reaction for the show. Because well, once I saw that... It, yeah, once I saw that, I was like, oh my god. And I thought, I'm like, I was like, there's a chance that she might look this up herself. Because you you do tend to, to read about some of the guests on here. Um, but yeah, go ahead. If I kind of did, but I didn't see that. Oh yeah, yeah, I... One thing that uh, that uh, anytime that there's there's somebody that you don't know, go to Wikipedia and just scroll down, and if there's a controversies section, read that first. <laughs> wow. you, you're you're not you, you don't know that much about Matthew Broderick. Go to his Wikipedia page. Go to controversies. See, he murdered two people. And then you'll be. <laughs> <laughs> you found the naked pictures. Come on. Look, that's just something I do in my spare time. You find everything. Find, finding, look, this isn't very well hidden. Like I said, if you type in Tess Holiday, or, uh, um, no, like. It's fine, I've already seen it. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, if you type in Tess Holiday, like, scam or Tess Holiday, you know, like, even with a, a I mean, obviously. Let me see here. It's, it's not on, like, the, like, their top, like, things that you can do, but. Yeah, seems like like she's done a good job of scrubbing that from like the you know like the top results stuff like that. But oh, here we go. Here's another one. Um, Fenty Beauty deletes a test holiday photo after getting backlash. Um, let me see here. What do we got here? Um, Fenty commenters complained that Holiday had made a racist mark in the press and scammed people out of money in the 2014. Okay, so now we got a racist thing. I don't know. Oh, awesome. Oh, okay. Her statement. 
I do admit that black men love me. I always forget that, and then I come to a black neighborhood and I remember. Shut up. Actual quote. <laughs> yep. Wow. <laughs> so, not a, not a great person. No. No, she's not. So one of the things that I, I wanted to say, and, and and that's why I was kind of asking, like, how, how far can I go with this? And I assume I can go a little farther now. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. There's, look, I am somebody who, um, I, I like thicker women. I like, you know, women that have some curves and stuff like that, too. Um, I know a good deal of plus-size models by name because there are a lot of really fucking good ones out there. Um just like natural beauties and like the the only thing that's different about them and other models is the fact that they're a, a bigger size i look at this one here and like y- you know uh, models are typically like you'll get like the really skinny wayfish ones or stuff like that who like are kind of awkward looking sometimes or like kind of unique looking or stuff like that and i get that that's an aesthetic um like there's a lot of androgyny and things like that I look at this chick here and I'm like, I was like, one, she's not attractive looking. Like when they, they cake a bunch of makeup on her and like do her hair and stuff like that. Well, of course, like you put enough makeup on somebody and like, you can make them look like anything. So like all of her shots, stuff like that, like, yeah, she looks really good. But once you take all that makeup off or have her in her like normal makeup, she's not that attractive of a person. Face-wise, I'm talking. Saying nothing about the body, face-wise. Like, to me, the only reason she's a model is because of the fact that she's plus-size. Whereas, like, somebody like uh, Ashley Graham is, like, she's a model because she's gorgeous, you know? And she's a plus-size model because she's plus-size. But she's a model because you're like, oh, gosh, like, yes, I can see that. Like, this chick here is just, like, she must have had some connections or something because it, it she just doesn't have that like attractiveness in the face for me you know and then once you also see that she's a terrible human being deep down and uh, down as yeah. well no, like I, absolutely yeah it's just i'm this chick doesn't do it for me um i i i've been one to go on record before that i'm not a fan of the uh the vag tattoo either and this chick has one, and I'm just like, eh, that's that's not something to me. I didn't get that close to the <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Well, you know, like, there there are some people, like, I'm, I'm typically also don't like anything, any kind of, like, I love tattoos. I typically don't like many tattoos on the, on the tits or the vagina or stuff like that. But there are some that look really fucking good, you know, um... But a lot of them are just like, and this chick is another one—the one that just has like the fucking hodgepodge, just random tattoos on them, which never looks that good, you know. Like, like think of like Miley Cyrus with her fucking just like random ass Mickey Mouse tattoos of it. That's what this chick has too. Like, there's no cohesion to it or like that. And apparently, she paid for them with people's fucking charity money too. So, exactly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, Disneyland. Yep. So again, like I said, I. Now you know going into it, like, why, why some of my comments are going to be maybe a little bit more shitty towards her, because she is kind of a shitty person. But mm-hmm. uh, So Tess starts off by saying, you guyses, so of course she fits right in. And they call her a survivor. 
Tess says her dad was abusive to her mother, and she also has just started talking to her father. So everyone on this podcast has forgiven their fathers for beating their mothers. That's just great. Here we go. Right off the bat. Clearly they all have daddy issues. Yes. She says she didn't know she was raped until years later. That's not a case of, like, somebody told her later on, like, hey, by the way, you were passed out. No, 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 no. She literally read somebody who was just like, yeah, like, it wasn't that good. And, like, halfway through, I'm just like, I don't really want this anymore. So he, like, raped me. And then she's like, oh, hey, that happened to me, too. So I guess I was raped, too. Like, if I think you, she read Nikki's book and she was like, yeah, that sounds like a good story. I if, think I'll... Yeah. I think I'll say that to if go you, on there. If you... Fangirl. Yeah. <laughs> if you spent years not even thinking about it, about, like, a, a one bad experience of like that, you weren't raped. No. Because it... That would, that would, like, PTSD you. If you haven't, if you have not spent every day since that incident mm-hmm. dealing with the trauma, dealing with the fucking fallout, dealing with the fact that it can ruin your life, you're not a rape survivor. No. You're a guilt thief at this point. You're you're an attention whore as well because now all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, I had uh, like bad sex is not rape, okay? No. And like if two people are drunk. That's not rape either, because that, that's that's the other thing that people have been throwing around too. It's just like, oh well, you know, Sally and Jake were were both drunk, so Jake raped her. It's like, well, Jake was also drunk, so why isn't right. Sally Jake, raping Jake then? Like, right. It, I don't I don't like to say that like rape is pretty cut and dry, but kind of is. Like, <laughs> it the rape by itself is like a pretty textbook kind of thing you know like sexual harassment is a little bit broader you know mm-hmm. and and is and can come down to how and that's much more of like how a person feels you know but and and there's of course that double standard too where you've got cardi b who who had admitted that she raped people but it's like oh it's fine like she would get like dudes high and stuff like that fuck them and then steal their money and like yeah. it's like that's you you like fucked them while they're passed out or, or like forced them like that's exactly what people are saying like men yeah. men plying women with alcohol and stuff like that is the same way if they're you know if they're doing it intentionally if, if two people are just drinking separately or if they're both drinking together like that it's not you know it's a one night stand and you move on like yeah. and again like just because the next day you're like oh I, I like kind of regret that yeah I shouldn't have done yeah. that that's not rape like it has to it, it it has to be like you're being forced you know and again like I said for you to turn around and be like a, like a couple years later be like oh I did have that one bad experience guess I was raped like no you weren't yeah you can't go back and be like hmm. yeah and so them calling her like a survivor and stuff like that was just like fucking make me puke dude like no you're not 
they asked Tess for Tess for advice on body positivity. So here's here's where my issue comes from, right? So body positivity is not like looking at this chick and going like, oh, that's that should be like an acceptable thing or double like that. That's not exactly what body positivity is. Like body positivity is is uh, to an extent finding beauty in the thing, but it's more about finding beauty in yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's more about accepting yourself. Like you shouldn't look at this woman and be like I strive to look like her. That's not body positivity, you know? Either either if you're trying to get bigger to look like her or smaller to look like her. That's not what it is. Body positivity is is finding the love in yourself. Like mm-hmm. I am somebody who I am not I'm not fucking massive by any stretch, but I, you know, I've got a gut to me and everything like that. I'm I'm a little I'm I'm out of shape. Body positivity is me being like I've got a dad bod. It, like sometimes I have bad days, but other times I'm just like, eh, you know, like my wife loves me. You know. And I'm I, I'm happy with myself sometimes, <laughs> you know. But it's what what happens is is that people get caught up on this notion that like this whole like you know accepting plus size models and things like that is is trying to like say that oh being unhealthy is is a is a thing to aspire to. It's like no no that's not that's not at all what this like movement is about. It's about understanding that like there that that people can be beautiful without being the quote-unquote symmetrical beautiful you know size zero and stuff like that like there's a lot of out there and it, it's we are leaps and bounds farther than we ever were before you know you literally have it where like dad bod is in you know like people are are finding that more attractive and not feeling as bad about it you know like you know thicker women and stuff like that are are much more Accepted and they should be because yeah, there is a lot of beautiful women out there who don't fit to the quote-unquote beauty standard. But again, like what what this woman does is just like okay, like it's 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 cool that there are there are women that are, and and younger younger girls who um, are larger that now feel like they have some representation. That's a good good aspect of it. But the problem is. <laughs> Is she's talking to two people who are not body positive at all? No. Who are the who are the exact issue? It's the people who are in in incredible shape who continue to say that they are not in incredible shape, meaning that people will look at them and go, "I'm bigger than they are," and they're and and they're beautiful, but they're saying that they're not good enough. I'm a piece of shit then. And that's and the then, issue. And right before that, they were just talking about the sculpting machine. Like, right before she went on that. So that's completely opposite. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's looking at someone like this test chick and being like, I'm happy with where I'm at. Because mm-hmm. then other people that are that are in similar situations can be like, well, if she's happy, why shouldn't I be happy? That's the good body positivity of, positivity right. of it. Right. The Bellas are the bad side of it. Where, yeah, like you said, it's literally like complaining because they're 10 pounds more than they want to be. Not that they're overweight. They're not. Not at all. And they also just had kids six months ago. These things take time. But no, yeah. That's that's the issue that I have with this whole thing, you know? Mm-hmm. The other thing is, 
they ask this chick for advice and what does she do she says oh i got like glammed up and dressed up and put on a bunch of makeup stuff like that that's also not body positive no having to go hating yourself so much that you have to go through all these extra steps so you you think that you look presentable is not body positive either Mm-mm. like it, it's it's being able to look look at yourself like when you like just wake up or if you don't have any makeup on and your hair's a little mess and being like you know what i still feel good that's body positivity you know not not worrying so much about it and like having like a little bit of of makeup on to you know to kind of hide a little bit of it that's fine too nobody you know but the way this woman said and if you look at like her pictures and stuff like that like they throw a fucking ton of makeup on her she throws a ton of makeup on herself or stuff like that like she's not to me look at her pictures and be done with it don't listen to her because she will completely negate everything that she's doing uh, uh, on the positive side of things mm-hmm. yeah yeah Nikki ate away her feelings because her and Artem aren't having sex what a life that dude must live to just have his fucking life just blasted out there like Seriously. oh Artem's not fucking me again I'm like that like do you do, has this bitch ever stopped to think like maybe that's why he's not because the fact that like he every every time he's about to stick his dick in you one he's got to worry that it's gonna just be fucking disintegrated two he's got to sit there and be like am, am I going to wind up on the podcast and being like Oh, he, you know, like, oh, he was he was going pretty good, but then, like, I don't know, like, he just, he wasn't hitting my G-spot. Like, that's gotta be fucking, like, give you so much anxiety to be like, she could turn around, well, and if and I... And Bree could be outside the fucking window. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she fucking sneaks up there. Right? But it's like, it's like, yeah, like, <sighs> like, anytime, like... Uh, that's that's just gotta cause so much anxiety because you're you're like, if I don't like give her good enough orgasms, she's gonna yeah. say on the on the podcast that like, oh, I wasn't that good last night. Like, that's gotta be keep it private. Yeah, that's gotta be fucking just. That's gotta eat at you. Like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't, you know. Like, yeah, it, everyone wants to to just hear the good stuff or about that, but this woman doesn't tell you the good stuff. She doesn't no. tell you all the times of like. Uh, very rarely, I should say. There have been a few times that she's been like, oh, he was really really dicking me down and things like that. But most of the stuff is just like, he's just not touching me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's all she does is complain. So. Yeah. Bitch ain't never happy. Right. You like that English? Bitch ain't never happy. Yeah. You like that? Yes. <laughs> I speak good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so they're talking about, oh, just eat whatever you want and you'll be fine. Except for the fact that you just talked about, like, having to work out all the time and stuff like that because you haven't been eating as well, so. And you've had tummy tucks and lipo and bump tucks, so. Why don't you just eat chili cheese fries while you're wearing the ab sculptor? There you go. (laughs) Multitask. Yep. So, Tess says that she is pansexual. Now, are you uh, familiar with what pansexual is? I am now that I googled it. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's can it can be a little confusing because for a lot of people they just be like, well, isn't that just bisexual? Y- yes and no. Bisexual tends to be more like 
liking guys who have always been guys and liking girls who have always been girls. Whereas pansexual is like the is, is the inclusion of like um, transsexual people as well, where it's like you know being attracted to a man that was a woman or a woman that was a man kind of thing like that too. So uh, pansexual is pretty much just like I just everybody. like everything. Yeah, it's like I like everything, and that's that's cool. Do you do you? You know. Um, Which is why I liked her. Yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, oh, cool, you know. Yeah. And then you brought out what a piece of shit she is and ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she says that she's, she started to think about girls while watching Christina Ricci and Casper. Same. Uh, but she says, she's like, well, I also like Devin Sawa. And then she says 20 years later, she realized that she was pansexual. So she came out and said she's pansexual. And her husband got upset that she didn't talk to him about coming out first. Now, she says, well, I didn't need his permission. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's what he was upset about. It seemed like he found out she was pansexual from her blasting it out the fucking news. Yeah. Which is like... like he wants to know her. Yeah. It's like that—that's your husband. Privately. Yeah, yeah. Tell him privately and then announce and it. Yeah. Then announce it. Yeah. Yeah. Like common courtesy. Yeah, but no, she apparently took that as well. I don't. I don't need no man's permission. Like he wasn't asking for it. He was asking you to fucking be a, uh, in the relationship first before, come you know, coming out to the world. Which, that's great. You want to come out to the world, but yeah, like, tell your family first so they don't find out about it that way. Right. Uh. She says she is dating a cis male now. Uh, also, again, if you if you're not aware, a cis male is um, just a man who was born a man, uh, and and who is um, heterosexual. So then Nikki says that uh, um, she was attracted to Drago, uh, who was the boxer from Rocky, because she actually means Drogo, who was Jason Momoa's character from Game of Thrones. <laughs> fucking idiot. Although Drago would make sense because he's Russian. That's true. Very (laughs) true. Very true. I will give you that one. (laughs) So, anything else to say about the uh, the podcast? Um, I was kind of happy. It seemed kind of short. Didn't it? Yeah. um, Once they started, I looked at it and I was like, there was two minutes left and I was like, oh, thank Christ. Um, right. Yeah, that's. Fast. Yeah, it it did seem. I mean, it, it was still as long as it's always been. But for whatever reason, yeah, it did seem to kind of to go a little bit faster. So, I'll welcome. I will welcome that. Right. So, you know, we had a a little rain here today, and uh, you know what happens after a rain? Well, it depends. Did the sun come out first? Yes. After? Yes, the sun came out after, which well, means then. we we got a little bit of a uh, you know. A rainbow. Butterfly in the sky. Come on. I can go twice as high. Let's get it on. Take a look. Get a book. My reading rainbow. You think it's a day? I can go anywhere. Suck my dick. All right. <sighs> Breathe. Oh, God. I had 21 hours of labor with Birdie, which ended in an emergency C-section. I pushed for three brutal hours, but my cervix just wouldn't open enough for her 
her 14-inch head to make it through. I was 10 days late, and while my doctor knew that I wanted to have her as, quote-unquote, naturally as possible, she had to induce me with, uh, Picosin? Pitocin. Pitocin. I, I know that. I've heard it before. I just, I've never seen it spelled. Okay, Pitocin. Yeah, that's a weird fucking way to spell it. Uh, which is a drug that starts your contractions. It puts, you would think I would know that because I've had, my wife has had two kids and I've been in the room, but <laughs> didn't, did not, okay. did not make that, that connection that it was the same thing. Uh, it puts the motion in the ocean. I insisted that I wanted to do the induction without an epidural, which in retro, retrospect seems pretty crazy. Pitocin makes your contractions much more intense, and once labor gets underway, an epidural is pretty much essential. But as much as my doctor cautioned against, go, against going without, she knew it was important to me, so she let me try. Now she wanted you to suffer, because yeah. you, you made this bed, you lay in it. Right, exactly. I labored for ten hours on Pitocin without an epidural. I have never experienced pain like that. Pain don't hurt. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> yeah, the... Um, my yeah yeah they they did that for i think both of my of of our kids my wife was on pitocin for both of them like we had an induction date in the second one the other one came a day a day earlier but they used some to speed it along a little bit uh yeah, yeah I, I don't want to brag mine came two weeks early and i didn't need to be induced nice i felt like i was being cut open from the inside it was exhausting on every level that is not how I planned it. Like many women who have never had children, I thought I would be able to control the process of bridging Birdie or bringing Birdie into the world. I wasn't scared of pain, and because of that, I thought I had it in the bag. After all, I jumped off the top ropes in the ring. Clearly, I could handle vaginal birth without drugs. Yeah, because those, those two things are the exact same thing. I bet you they're not. <laughs> I mean, I suppose if you're jumping off the top ropes of the ring onto, like, a steel spike into your vagina, I'm sure it's they're very similar then. Uh, initially, I wanted the full hippie fantasy home birth. I had been taking hypnobirthing classes. I had my doula lined up, and Brian and I had done tons of research and read every book about having the labor and birth you want. The thing about kids, though, is that they turn everything upside down. The entire process is an exercise in relinquishing control and understanding that there are forces far greater than you that will dictate how it's going to go. It is an exercise in being will- willing to just let what will be be without any added pressure or ex- expectations. Yep, don't have a birth plan because that shit will be fucked up. Yep, and that's exactly why in the second kid they did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. It would have been far more beneficial, it turns out, to take the pressure off Birdie's arrival. All the energy was needed for what would happen after she emerged into the world, like breastfeeding and nourishing my body for the first few months. I wish I had spent that time stocking the freezer with healthy soups or reading about babies and sleep schedules and not fixating on the perfect labor that was never going to be in my power to control. By the way, we didn't have a birth plan for either of our kids. Like, we had a birth plan, but it was like, it was essentially like, hey, this is the day that we'll have to be induced if if the kid's not here at this time. That was it. You know? Yeah, ours was just like as long as he gets here safe and he's and healthy. That's mm-hmm. all we care about. Yeah, yeah. Like we we were very much like, let's figure out how to be parents because there's there's an after on this. Like right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, the doctors but, will take care of him getting here. We just need yeah. to do what's when he when we leave, where he's responsible at home. Yeah, 
Uh, it's it's very funny because obviously you know we have had two kids. A lot of our listeners have have more than one kid. You don't realize how different the first and the second one are um, because you know we were so nervous with with uh, my first child Lucy. Um, there was literally a time with my second child Nora where the two of us were sitting there watching TV as my wife was going through contractions, and I was thinking it, but I didn't want to say it. She looked at me. She's like, kind of bored. <laughs> and I was like, you too? Okay. Now I don't feel so bad. Like, yeah. Like it's once you've gone through it once, you're just like, whatever. Like, is it time to go yet? Like, we just wanted to get home to, you know, to or I, I my wife just wanted me to go and 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 pick up our our first kid because you know she's like, well, I miss her. It's like, well, yeah, well, we got another one coming, like you know. But yeah, it's very funny how like more relaxed you are with the second one. Like you still go through a ton of shit, obviously, you know, like the you know labor and some right. of that. But the pressure's kind of off on, on that second one, as long as you're lucky enough to have things go good, you know. Right. It, exactly. In my mind, my water, my water would break. Maybe somewhere like the grocery store, just to make of it a course. good story. Yeah, of yes. course. Of course. And then I would that labor. No. And then I would labor Sorry. at home. <laughs> yes. My smash. Holding Brian's hands and bouncing on my birthing ball, my doula would signal us when it was time to go to the hospital, and then I would push. All in all, a quiet, beautiful, and peaceful birth set to a relaxing soundtrack. I'm, I'm assuming they're playing, like, fucking Chumblewumba or something like that in the background. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it'd probably be uh, Crazy Town. No, it'd be Crazy Town. It'd be the, come my little baby, come, come oh. my baby. <laughs> oh my god, so stupid. <laughs> so lame. I know. My first thing string had been to have Birdie in the bathtub at home but I was willing to make the concession of going to a hospital so we could be assured of our safety. I thought that by giving up the bathtub, I had made the only concession I needed to make. By not even considering a worst-case scenario, I had just set myself up to fail. Yes, births are important, and they are magical, but the real magic seems to be happening now that Birdie is here, touching every moment of my life. I kind of had it all backwards. I think because I subscribed to living a more natural life, I felt like I had something to prove by having a baby with as little medical intervention as possible. But I didn't know what it was ex- that I didn't know what it was exactly that I was trying to prove. In retrospect, the choice of how to approach labor and delivery, a deeply personal decision about what matters to us, has become, in my opinion, just another part of being a woman where we judge ourselves and each other. What a blowhard. We often feel triggered by people who have taken the different path. I don't know how to diffuse that or just lower the pressure all around, but it feels like women everywhere set themselves up and are perhaps set up by others to fail. Didn't doesn't she judge people for, like, didn't they judge people for not, not having a vaginal delivery? Yes. Because it's not quote-unquote natural? Yes. She she railed so hard on being like, I need to have a natural birth on the second one. I need to have a vaginal birth. I gotta have a V back and everything. Yeah. 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 She she again just completely fucking contradicting herself. Mm-hmm. The whole situation is loaded with expectation and pressure, when really the abiding rule of law should be to get through it safely. By all means, shoot for the stars and declare the birth story of your dreams, but think of it instead like a birth wish instead of a birth plan. 
I love the fact that she has had a kid since writing this book, and she didn't even take her own advice. Nope. <laughs> there is no shame if it doesn't work out, and no shame in needing help. Yet she continues to talk about it and feel shameful about it. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of inclined to believe, actually, that the more we resist the help, the more the universe will be sure to show us that we need it. All right. The more rigid we are in our expectations, the more the universe will show us that flexibility is a better path. I think about my brother JJ and his wife Lauren. Lauren knew she wanted to give birth to her their daughter Vivian in a hospital. She knew she wanted an epidural, and five hours later, her baby girl was born. She didn't stress herself out. She just picked the path that offered the greatest reward for her. Pain-free, fast, and safe. There's a lot of beauty in that. I've tried to, I'm, I'm sure that she, that Brie had some fucking words for her. Oh, you're just going to pump your body full of fucking drugs and shoot the kid out? Yeah. You're going to give, have your baby be born high? Yeah. I've tried not to beat myself up for refusing an epidural earlier. You're failing. I didn't need to be here while I was writhing, writhed in pain. I was so depleted and so exhausted by the time the pushing started, I wondered if I if that wasn't part of the reason that I needed to be cut open. I wasn't even awake for my first breastfeeding session. They put her on my chest, and I had already passed out and was snoring. Brian, Nicole, and my mom were looking around for help. My mom, the only one with baby experience, didn't breastfeed us, so she had no tips to offer. They just tried to figure it out. If only there was a nurse or something that could have helped you with that. Hmm. I don't know that we need to get into this, but Brian pushed my nipple down while Nikki held Birdie to my boo. That's how motherhood started for me. I wish I had been awake Seriously? to experience... <laughs> Apparently. They basically boob raped her? Yes. I wish I had been awake to experience it, if only to see those two bozos trying to melt me. Again, there's nurses there that come by to help you with this stuff. Yeah, there's like lactation consultants and everything. There is. It literally was just like, you know that they're just like, we got to do it now. Like, that's, Oh, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, they just couldn't wait. They had to do it now. It was Nikki's idea, totally. Oh, guarantee. Like, if, if I'm Brian, like, she's passed out. Just get on the other nipple. <laughs> get yourself a little drink. A little, little one for the road. Uh, because of my C-section, I stayed in the hospital for five days. Hilariously, when I had been preparing for my magical vaginal birth, I was operating under the delusion that I'd be able to set some sort of record and leave the hospital five hours later. Alright. The reality was that when it was time to head home, I didn't want to leave. Not only because only did the nurses teach me everything about taking care of Birdie, different positions for nursing, how to change a diaper, how to swaddle, how to give her, her a bath... They took incredible care of me. So you did learn how to breastfeed with the nurses, you just didn't want to wait. Or, sorry, your family members didn't want to wait. How could she not know how to change a diaper and bathe a baby? Was she not, like, a part of her niece's niece's life where she knew how to do that already? I think you answered your own question. (laughs) Clearly not. I mean, I was, like, so prepared for Jackson. Like, I wasn't nervous to bring him home at all I was but I wasn't like I was totally prepared I could do that stuff yeah I was I had had my niece and my nephew that I had done that with yeah um I was 15 when uh my nephew my first nephew was born so yeah I changed his diapers 
Um, I had I had a lot of experience uh, changing male diapers, and then I had two girls. <laughs> so. Well, see, I had one of each, so yeah. I had a niece and a nephew, so yeah. I was good either way. Yeah, no, we. I come from a family of four, um, and my oldest brother had two boys. My sister had two boys. Uh, then I had the first girl in our family. And then my brother had a girl a month later. And then we had a second girl. But yeah, like, so yeah, I didn't. I did not have any experience with uh, with girl diapers. Uh, thankfully, my wife was there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's not all that much different, you know. Uh, actually, it's a little easier. I would say for the girls, it's not not as much that you have to uh, have to take care of. You gotta take care of things, but not not nearly as much as what you have to do with boys. Besides the transformation of becoming a mother, which really does change your whole world in both obvious and almost imperceptible ways, the birth experience was really powerful for me, precisely because it left me powerless. She talked. How long is this gonna go on? Like. She's just saying the same things over and over again. Yeah. It taught me that that despite my tenacity and resilience to life, despite the fact that I want to be able to do anything and everything, there are experiences that I cannot control. Oh my, oh my God. God, we get it. You <laughs> couldn't have a, a vaginal birth. We get it. We get it. Troy, do you understand? She couldn't have I get a it. vaginal birth. I do. I get it. And she keeps talking about it. And And this is, yeah... This is like three, four. This is like four fucking pages, all just saying the same thing over and over again in different ways. Part well, of becoming had to fill the pages of the book somehow. Yeah, that's true. Uh, part of becoming a woman and certainly a mother, I think, is about understanding the give and the take. When Nicole and I were kids, we had no control over anything: our home life, our school life, our future. That lack of control meant that we didn't always feel safe, and certainly we weren't always safe. Now that I'm an adult, control feels essential. Because I know that if I'm in the driver's seat, <laughs> I have the best shot at ensuring that my life will go how I want it to. But in that hospital, I learned that it's okay to give in. Oh it's, my God. it's important to let other people lead when needed, and it's essential to let people take care of you too. I wonder what happens when she has a second child in part two. Well, let me tell you. When she has that second child, she'll probably say, finding that balance is really difficult as a woman. I think many of us hold us so tightly because we've never experienced what it can feel like to be really held. To let go for the trust fall and relax into the arms of others, knowing that you're going to be okay. Being a mom has now forced that issue because I know I can't take care of Bertie alone. And I certainly can't take care of Bertie and myself alone. I need help and support, like all women everywhere, which is why I pay for it. A lot. <laughs> I struggled, and Brian struggled too. I mean, <laughs> in a way. It is actually not uncommon among men, even though it is rarely discussed. Oh, sorry. In retrospect, I think he had postpartum depression. It is actually not uncommon among men, even though it is rarely discussed. I had been on a nine-month physical journey of connecting with Bertie. Wait, I thought men didn't understand postpartum depression. That's what Nikki says. Oh, yeah, because men are dumb. Yeah. 
My body was transforming to accommodate her in real time. He had nothing physical to attach to. He just had books. And he read a lot of them. But no book can prepare you for the real thing. For this tiny, needy creature who has wants and needs that you have to, le- to learn on the fly. I got to do the nursing, so his duties were diapering and swaddling. Bertie hated both of those activities with a certain ferocity. It started to wear on him. I had the happy bird. He had the angry bird, who would have throttled him if she had more strength. I also think that he assumed he could just learn through books and, and through doing how to be a dad, but it's not always a natural acclimation or something that you can just know how to do. It's another big falsehood in our culture that it's so natural that you take it and take to it without effort. I had to teach him how to be a dad, primarily through ad, um, modita- um, sorry. I had to be a complete asshole to him and show him and nag at him. Yeah, we didn't have anyone around who could model it for him. It was a tough learning curve, not something to be dis- be dis- dismissed. <laughs> so, you with the abusive father taught him with the dead father how to be a father. That kid's in great hands. Totally. There seems to be a momentum and awareness in the culture building around the idea that parenting is a community endeavor. The cycle of mothering needs to extend far beyond the parent-child relationship. Mothers need mothers, too. And fathers need role models. Apparently, fathers don't need fathers, though. There seems to be a shift as well in the idea that it's much healthier to live our lives without judgment, however well-intended that judgment might be. Are you done? Not yet, yet. I was checking the time. I mean, you're done? Are you done reading? I've, we've got a, a short Nikki section here, so we'll do that, and then we'll be done. Okay. Nicole, speaking of judgment, I've had many well-documented struggles with my own body. I already regret continuing reading. <laughs> For most of our WB careers, I've been referred to as the... <laughs> okay, I take it back. I've been referred to as the Fat Twin or the Chunky Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a candy bar. <laughs> Chunky Bella. Yeah. Hey, let me. Uh, I'm 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 heading to uh, the corner store. You want anything? Yeah, give me a Mountain Dew and a Chunky Bella. Ugh. <laughs> 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 First of all, I don't know that. It, I don't remember that being a thing. It was always the the Bella with tits and the Bella without. I don't ever think that the... I don't ever remember people calling her the fat twin. It's a funny thing because I do like my body. I'm continually amazed by what I'm able to do with what? it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. She's continually amazed by what I'm able, what she's able to do with it. Meaning the number of penises that she can stick in at once. Right. I've always been an athlete and I've always been able to rely on it. Even when I, I was wrestling with a broken neck playing soccer with a rod that broke through my shin. Yes. Which which still haunts Jeff to this day. Okay. But it's still a struggle when I'm continually taunted for being 10 pounds overweight. No, no, no. You are not 10 pounds overweight. You are 10 more pounds than your sister is. That's right. it. You're not overweight. That is the issue. That is the body positivity issue here. When you say things like you are 10 pounds overweight, what you're saying is I'm an asshole... Exactly. 
the entertainment industry is like that. You can never be thin enough. I also have to see myself in photographs constantly, and on TV. That old saying that the camera adds 10 pounds is true, and it's rough. So now she's 20 pounds overweight? Yes. When you're our height, 10 pounds is a lot. When I'm skinnier, I'm more photogenic. There's some body positivity right there. Right. If I don't have to, to have yourself. to see... <laughs> I fucking hate these bitches. <laughs> if I didn't have to see so many photos, and particularly photos at crazy angles, I wouldn't be so hard on myself. Plus, What's getting a to... crazy angle? Is it, like, from the floor up? Because the chin doesn't look good? Like, what is the crazy angle? Does she talk about it? No. I'm sure it's just, like, straight on. Uh, plus, getting down to my goal weight is tough. It only happens when I'm extremely strict with myself and work out all the time. Huh, weird. What's her goal weight? Uh, well, she never reaches it because apparently she'd have to put in work. <laughs> Ten pounds less than what she is. Apparently, yeah, that's what it is. That's not typically how I like to roll. I love good wine and long dinners out, and I certainly eat too much black licorice. According to, <laughs> to people who know me well, I have a raging case of... SOMs, which translates to start on Monday. I just much rather have a great time in my life. You're also a raging case of C U N T. So, <laughs> in the mid 1990s, Sunny was one of the female wrestling stars. She was a manager and she didn't actually wrestle, but she was big time in WWE because she was the first woman. She was the first woman who was part of the company as a pinup. She wasn't, but okay. She was a sex symbol for a lot of high school boys. Like Miss Elizabeth was a sex symbol for a lot of high school boys. Yeah. Sunny was not the very first. Was not the first fucking like sex symbol in WWE. You fucking stupid ass. When Bree and I made it to the main stage, she wrote a Facebook post about how she thought I was fat. <laughs> Bree did. <laughs> Sunny apparently. Stop it. Oh my god, she put it on... Okay. So, Sunny wrote, There's no excuse for any of these girls in their early 20s to get a little chubby. Wait until they hit 35 and everything slows the fuck down. Then what? They're getting paid to look a certain way. <laughs> First of all, I've seen Sunny fuck. And I've seen her fart on a, on a dick. And she definitely has slowed way the fuck down. <laughs> Uh, she felt. Does, it say, does she tag Nikki Bella in the post? Or yeah, apparently she wrote a false Facebook post about. Well, I guess and it, I, says, it says Nikki Bella specifically. I don't think so. You know. So uh, Nikki's assuming she's talking about her. Yes, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like she wrote a post about, and and it, she could have been talking about any of the women at that time and women at that time. And Nikki was like, she must be talking about me because I'm fat. She felt terrible about it after, and when she was inducted into the Hall of Fame, she pulled me aside to apologize. Okay, so apparently either it was about her, or eventually somebody said, Nikki Bella thinks that you, you called her fat. Because <laughs> <laughs> they read her book. Yeah. Uh, she was clearly nervous to see me, but I don't blame her either, as it was emblematic of the culture. Wrestling in particular is very body-orientated. They were always hard on the women who gained five pounds. They would call you into the office and talk to you about it. It has changed now. Clearly. 
I mean, they also sent the Big Show and Mark Henry to OVW to lose weight, so it's not just the women that have it happen to them, as much as she wants that to be a fact. But it's also the wrestling industry, where, yeah, you're supposed to be in shape. You mean John White? Paul. Paul White. Whatever. We won't get quickly. We won't get into that. <laughs> the save that for the boys tomorrow, who I'm sure talk about Paul White joining AEW so he can get crippled. Yeah. All right. You got anything else? Nope. All right. You? I just, no, I do not. Why don't you send us on home? Join us next week to find out what's up with these cuts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You have been listening to a Rundown Wrestling Network production. Please visit rundownwrestling.com for all of our shows, as well as our other special events. Keep it locked there, or subscribe to the Rundown Wrestling Network on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, Stitcher Premium, or anywhere you get your podcast from. Leave us a voice message that we will play on an episode by going to anchor.fm slash rundownwrestling slash message. Join our Patreon at patreon.com slash rundownwrestling. You can show us how much you love us by buying us a cup of coffee for just one buck at ko-fi.com slash rundownwrestling. Go to reddit.com slash r slash rundownwrestling. Follow us on Twitter at Rundown Network. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rundownwrestling. Email the show your dick pics and twat shots via rundownwrestling at gmail.com. Or go to Instagram or YouTube and look for Rundown Wrestling. Follow us on Twitch by going to twitch.tv slash rundownwrestling. And you can also follow our host Adam on twitch.tv slash the saleser effect. This has been a Rundown Wrestling Network production.